Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I'm your host Yash Thakur and today I'm joined by Kanita to discuss Real Madrid's game against Real Sociedad in in the Liga F and this comes on the back of Real Madrid playing another Basque club Athletic Club in their previous game and we had Isa on that pod. Unfortunately, we don't have any any guests this time so you'll have to bear with us. But this was a very fun game uh, to say the least. Good vibes of course because we won the game 4 four goals to 1 and it it was a good performance. It was uh, there were plenty of positives to have. We'll get into that. We'll discuss how we technically completely outclassed uh, Real Sociedad on the pitch uh, except for a brief spell of let's say 10 15 minutes towards the end of the game but the game was already done by that point i think so yeah before we get into all of those nitty gritty details kanita how are you doing well it's interesting that you said that it was a fun game to you uh, i actually think the opposite it was not fun for me <laughs> but uh, i mean i found it pretty um straightforward <laughs> uh which is weird because it was the Real Sociedad as you said we outclassed them so it was weird but it's also because uh one of the factors in my feelings here is because uh Real Sociedad is like um my second favorite team in this league so i follow them um quite a bit as well more for fun but still so uh yeah i i wasn't having fun on either sides to be honest so yeah let's just start and then i'll explain it in details this is the benefit of only supporting one team in spain for me i don't care about what other teams are going through whether they are in a rough patch or not that is why as roma is the best anyways uh so let's begin our analysis of the game by as we always do by looking at the lineups and how we were taking shape on the pitch and how real sociedad decided to set up in this particular game so we came out in a 4231 which is our go to formation which is our first choice formation we don't usually see a sort of a back three that we have discussed to be you know to solve a lot of our issues we even go with ivana at right back instead of going for a back three in these sort of some important games but yeah we were in a 4231 there were some uh team selection choices that could probably throw some people off but not really i mean we all know at this point that lucia isn't the first choice right back that she isn't even the second choice right back at this point it it looks like ivana is the second choice right back and so going through our lineup it was misa in goal obviously kenty was starting the game at right back susa and rocio are center back pairing olga at left back the double pivot consisted of zornosa and toletti and which was the same from the previous game then there was a front four of atenea weir and feller playing behind ester as the striker so pretty straightforward lineup i don't really have any complaints uh, at this point we know how the hierarchy in the squad is how the team selection goes about so 
these choices don't really surprise anymore but what did you think of it i mean i to me the lineup was pretty straightforward i did not have many complaints about it i did not have many uh you know icks about okay this player should have started this player shouldn't have started or anything i felt it was a very strong lineup and it was good enough to hand us the win in this game but what were your thoughts initially when you saw the lineup i mean yeah it was pretty straightforward uh but you know, we had both Kenty and Olgan pitch, so I did see that uh, we would have like three at the back at most times, except when, you know, uh, we have to pull back and they're running to our box. So, I mean, that did happen. Uh, we did see it in the game as well. So it was um, because, I mean, both Kenty and uh, Olga are... Um, you know, attacking a lot, and one of them is uh, usually the up most of the time, and the other is helping the center backs, and with uh, together with the deepest midfielder at the moment, which was um, which was Sonosa in this game mostly. So yeah, I mean, pretty straightforward, and um, I was looking forward to seeing Olga and Kenti again uh, because yeah, well, because of this factor. Yeah, I mean, I did not have any real complaints. Uh, Real Sociedad, on the other hand, were in a 4-3-3. That is usually their typical uh, formation. They don't usually drift away from it a lot. So, the way they were lined up is Nerea was starting through the middle, like as the false nine, and with uh, Jensen and Amayur playing on either side, they both would come narrow and make those uh, out-to-in runs uh, for them. That is how they have operated with Nerea dropping deep in, uh, dropping into the midfield and uh, creating a diamond sort of or providing numbers in the midfield to help them progress the ball through the middle. Uh, so that is how they were uh, aiming to play or that is what I gathered from looking at their lineup. Real Sociedad season has been a, a bit of a weird season because last last year when they finished third and they went into the Champions League qualification rounds only to lose to like Bayern and that too they made a very good case for themselves in the qualifiers. It looked like they would be on the on the up and it looked like they were like the third best team or the for, uh, among the top three, four teams in, in Spain. But this season hasn't been as straightforward to them. They currently sit sixth in the league, have 24 points from 17 games, if I'm not mistaken. And they have had, in, in recent times, their form uh, hasn't been the best as well. Like they have, uh, they have lost to Valencia coming into this. They have had three losses in, in the last four games, including this one. So it's 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 a bit of a weird season for them. They have dropped points to Granadilla in both the games, and yeah, I mean it, it's not been it's not been in the same sort of wavelength that they were uh, last season. That position is now Levante's, like they are clearly the second or the third best team in in the league. Real Sociedad are dangling a bit. They have lost some players as well, um, but yeah. The key, the key ones that are leading the line are still the same. Nerea and Amayur are 
still like uh, Nerea is the top assist provider for them Amayur is the top goal scorer for the side and Jensen is the second top goal scorer for the team so the key players are there but the performances have uh, have taken a bit of a toll like it's not as as clean as one would expect and we all know though like despite everything we all know that they are a solid position based uh, team Natalia Arroyo likes her team to have the ball she likes her team to play a certain sort of way they like to control the proceedings with the ball and so getting into this game we knew that the position we wouldn't have the lion's share of the position that it will be split it will be contested and it won't be as straightforward because games against Real Sociedad are sometimes tricky because they have a very solid structure in their position they know how to play through the press and everything so it's it's coming into the game i felt like okay this could be tricky this uh, could prove to be a good challenge despite uh, real sociedad's form not being so great let's get into the game and see how it all uh, pans out how it all unraveled in the game so opening 5 minutes the first thing that we see is uh, or the first thing that i noted that came to my notice was how we were creating able to create those early turnovers and how we were able to attack from those i thought okay maybe it's early uh, in the game and both teams are trying to find their footing and they're still like the game hadn't settled a bit for the first 10 minutes it was back and forth both team were trying to impose themselves but there were some sloppy passes some sort of good structure from real sociedad on in in certain instances but apart from that it looked like a a very unsettled start for both teams but which is understandable like uh, teams take a bit of a time to get their footing to understand how the opposition is playing and how they are supposed to play and that adaptation period was there definitely for first 5 6 minutes but the thing that st- stuck out to me in that time was how we were able to generate turnover and how sometimes real sociedad were really sloppy in their passing this was an overarching theme of the game like real sociedad's sloppiness on the ball caused them a lot in this game and we'll get into that how our pressing enabled that in some ways but it was still a very sloppy performance from uh, real sociedad especially from the midfielders so uh, yeah opening 5-10 minutes I, as i noted we had a turnover in the initial minutes then there was a shot early on from uh, real sociedad by jensen but uh, nothing came off of it then in the 9th minute real sociedad had their corner and obviously whenever the opposition gets a corner there's a sort of worry because we know we are not good at defending corners this one was directed towards the back post received very well played a cutback and it looked like of the second ball it would come and go into our goal or at least challenge the keeper but the shot luckily was blocked there and then as this back and forth continued to happen in the 12th minute esther recorded uh, her shot for first shot of the game and up until the 15th minute mark as we slowly inch towards the 15th minute mark it started to feel like real madrid were 
settling down a bit real madrid were trying to attack real madrid were trying to use their wide players especially not just wide full backs because kenty was playing a sli- slightly different role than olga olga was uh, far more aggressive and olga and atenea were sort of the two wide outlets that we usually tended to find uh, when trying to progress or enter into the final third so as as things approached the 15 minute mark nerves started to settle and real madrid looked like they were going to get into this game now and they were going to try to impose themselves so before we get into what happened in the 16th minute and beyond kanita what did you feel of the opening 15 minutes what what did you make of it did you notice any early uh, patterns of play that uh, were significant moving forwards or what did you make of the opening uh, 15 minutes of the game uh yeah i have a few notes well first of all in the first minute we get a corner and it's a short corner uh, taken between weir and atenea um i think weir is the one who takes it passes it passes it to atenea and she sends it into the box so there wasn't a, it wasn't well re- received so it ended in a goal kick but it did look like uh one of those um short corners between um Weir and Atenea that used to end up in goals you know uh, like a couple of months back <laughs> uh so yeah i mean that got me a bit excited um spoiler alert i haven't i didn't see any more of those corners uh, in the game just in the first minute so yeah and then uh there's something i noted from sociedad's play well um yeah so what you said okay um there hasn't really been anything concrete you know uh, the teams were trying to find their footing and all but what i noticed when sociedad was going into attack and trying to you know uh, get near our uh, near our goal and you know get get a decent chance which they didn't manage well how they didn't manage is because well it's nera who would usually send those through passes you know through the middle uh but um we always had two well placed uh, defenders there so in fourth minute uh, there's a specific action uh amayur was about to get a through pass like right through the middle right in front of our uh goal and Kathleen and Rocio uh, appear from her sides and don't let her through don't let the ball through and it's i mean nothing <laughs> she, they just completely shut her down uh similar thing what you mentioned with Jensen uh would happen in 6 minutes it's actually uh, Rocio and Kenty at this time because it was a bit uh more to the right to our right uh they just pressed her from both both sides and she just kind of pushed it you know she didn't really have um, have a chance to shoot so she kind of just pushed it to the goal kick so yeah i mean not a shot <laughs> because uh, she was clearly stopped for uh taking any and yeah i mean that that <laughs> corner in the ninth minute is uh interesting because i mean um 
Tejada was the one who got that ball inside, but she, uh, luckily for us, because she wasn't marked, she was completely unmarked there, but luckily for us, she took too long to control it. So, um, in that, uh, that moment when she was trying to control it, uh, someone got the ball and cleared it. And, I mean, we got lucky in this, in this kind of a corner, uh, once more, but it was, uh, uh, towards the end of the game, it was already dead, but yeah, we won't get ahead of ourselves, but still. Um, so... Yeah, so you mentioned this thing in the 12th minute, uh, Ster uh, getting her first shot. Well, it, first of all, I just want to know that it was a good uh, action. Uh, she kind of did a, a dribble there and then a shot. But, like, a moment before that, something happened a bit uh, far back into uh, on the pitch. It's... Um, uh, Bernabe was on the ground, she was fouled by, well it wasn't called a foul, uh, it was actually clean, but she was in duel with Fela and she was on the ground, she couldn't get up. So um, from that moment, like from the 12th minute or something, uh, they were left with 10 uh, because she wasn't yet coming in. Uh, it took like a minute or something to get her out of the pitch and then um you know they played with 10 players so i think this is the good time to say what happened from the 16th minute and onwards uh i just wanted to know this little factor in Sociedad's, you know count yeah so we soon started to like take control and impose ourselves obviously uh so in the 16th minute Olga is fouled on the left-hand side. Uh, it's Amayur who steps on her, on her foot and is it's called a foul. Weir steps up to take the free kick. It's a wide free kick uh, near the touchline. She puts in a peach of a ball into the box and Rocio towers over everyone to head it in. And that is one of the big, big positives or a big, big reason why uh, Rocio is such a fascinating player because not not only is she physically strong in defensive duels and a physically imposing presence at the back but also her height makes her one of the prime targets on our set pieces and that is what we saw in the 16th minute brilliant ball from caroline where we don't need to speak about her but obviously we will as always and there's some something very interesting i want to talk about towards the end of the game about caroline where but again like brilliant ball rocio really tall jumps brilliant control on the header puts it in the right place and it's real madrid one real sociedad nil and this is where like things start to happen for us like this is where the momentum completely shifts towards real madrid and real sociedad start to make a lot of mistakes from this point on there are there's a lot of sloppy passes which directly caused them as well but yeah i think this is where everything starts to tip over their midfield looks completely uh lost in in a, in a sense and we are able to quickly find players in between lines because because of a couple of things because of how we are set up and because of how fluidly our uh front two of 
where and uh, as their sort of move in between the lines and how they operate and the performance of Sandy Tolletti. Uh, many multiple factors that play into this but yeah definitely Real Sociedad's poor performance is one of the major reasons in this so yeah 16th minute we score our first goal any other comments you have on the goal any other things that you noted during the goal because it seemed like it was a brilliant delivery from Weir and just Rocio being a towering presence and and uh target player in in those sort of uh, situations from set pieces so anything else you need to add or we can move forwards uh well yeah <laughs> i mean all up uh, up to this goal like um the Sedal was looking kind of organized you know they had uh pretty much our midfield marked and well actually trying to um organize themselves inside our midfield but this, uh, as you said, like this, uh, after this goal, they started making so many mistakes. So uh, after this, that just completely fell apart. But about the goal, I mean, yeah, nothing else to add. I mean, um, I mean that that was a brilliant center from Weir, and um, we have a <laughs> we have Rocio there, who just um, great at headers and. This is what I think her fifth or sixth goal, uh, this season, and I mean that that's pretty cool. And she just she usually she's usually the one um, when she scores she's usually the one who scores first as well. So yeah, uh, very cool and brilliant assist by by Weir once again. <laughs> you can't say it uh too many times because there's no such thing as complimenting Weir too many times as you said, but yeah, that would be it. Yeah, so pretty straightforward goal. We use we played to our strengths, good delivery, good target player in Rocio and very controlled header, very good in the air. And yeah, that's goal number one. And from this point on we we launch a sort of series of shots from this point on because Toletti, I think, gets a shot off uh, in those uh, just immediately following this. Toletti gets a shot off from range. Then there's Olga trying to get a shot off as well. Uh, we just see a sort of... We see Real Sociedad struggle to then cope up with us. And before we get into how things then unraveled and how things turned out bad for Real, went from bad to worse from Real Sociedad for Real Sociedad in the uh, from the thirtieth minute mark onwards, let's talk a little about what how they were set up and what they were trying to do uh, off the ball and on the ball. So we know real madrid the way whenever we play 4231 our go to thing against the ball is a 442 with both uh, athenea and feller dropping in and forming the line of four midfield line of four and we are stepping up with esther and that sort of synergy that they have in between them where they understand when to apply pressure how to apply pressure and what the triggers are that is a big big factor of how efficient or how good our press can look at times and it looked that way in this game particularly so there was nothing new that we were 
essentially doing it was the same it was a 4-2-3-1 on the ball whenever we got the ball and it was a 4-4-2 against the ball so real sociedad what they were doing is let's talk about against the ball because this this becomes important because it results in a couple of good chances and a couple of turnovers for them uh, from this situation so on our goal kicks what they were doing was pretty interesting uh, pretty interesting to me so nerea as as i mentioned nerea was playing as the false uh, false nine in the game and on our goal kicks we always have our center back split uh, split apart and full backs pushed slightly up one of the midfielders dropping and stuff so since the center backs were they weren't pressing immediately towards center backs nerea was marking the midfielder that's usually showing up for the ball and offering a a way out from the back nerea marked that player and across the rest of the pitch it was a player to player marking so if we went long or if we went towards the wide areas as we normally usually do they would aggressively close down in that area they will try to suffocate us towards the touch line and cause a turnover and that that resulted in a couple of uh, good turnovers for them which uh, which resulted in some half chances or some opportunities but that was something interesting that i uh, that i was able to note uh, the scheme and the way nerea was operating in that uh, line of front line of three of jensen amayur and uh, nerea herself it was pretty interesting because uh, now we spoke about off the ball but on the ball this front three of theirs was operating in a very interesting way as well as i mentioned or briefly touched upon before nerea since she was operating as this sort of false nine role she would drop she would drop in receive the ball uh, or try to link stitch up play from midfield to the attack and in doing so when she dropped off the wide players amayur and uh, jensen they understood or they understood this sort of moment really well as soon as she dropped off the last line now this leaves the center backs in two sort of minds whether they follow nerea into the midfield and vacate the space in behind or do they let her drop let her turn and do her thing so it's it's a double edged sword because either way they can hurt you but what was happening was whenever nerea was dropping deep these two white players would make a very good run from out to in and it was a sort of very fluid uh, front three because amayur was not sticking on one side amayur was drifting operating from the left sometimes she was coming on the right making those out to in runs from both the sides attacking the channels really well whenever uh, nerea dropped nerea dropped off jensen was the same jensen wasn't just uh, isolated to one side she was moving along well she was consistently trying to like slightly disengage from the back line so that they are not uh, on her heels and then she would turn and quickly uh, make an incisive run in behind for uh, in behind the defensive line to 
to sort of attack uh, the backline and the space and it it would leave uh, it would leave like since Nerea is not being followed it would leave Nerea with time to like pick out those passes and other players to pick out those balls so it was it was an interesting uh, thing that they could have done but the thing that the reason it did not work as well as it looks on theory as or as it looks on uh, looks while I'm saying it is because our center backs were aggressive in closing down the players dropping off both Kathleen and Rocio were uh, did identify that this is a possibility and they both were quick enough to like jump up quick enough to not leave any player dropping off without uh, without pressure so they consistently like were able to close down and uh, reduce the time and the space that the player dropping off receives on the ball so that resulted in these sort of movements not resulting in as many uh, number of chances as they would have liked so yeah that is what that is how Real Sociedad were set up and the front three were operating to give them a sort of uh, that is how they were like trying to stitch up play in, in attack and trying to uh, like that was the organization in in terms of how they were trying to create chances and that was their chance creation mechanism mostly with Nerea dropping off and the front two uh, making those sort of smart runs behind the back line into the channel or offering for the ball in the wide areas and stuff so yeah that was it and moving forwards like as i mentioned after the goal we quickly went into a flurry of like shots where like Olga is getting a shot from range then Toliti manages to get a shot off as well in the earlier uh, like immediately after the goal in the 32nd minute like things start to go from bad to worse as I mentioned in the final 15 minute they have had to sub off Bernabe due to that duel with uh, Feller in the 19th minute she is subbed off in the 32nd minute, Esther scores Real Madrid second, and this is this is a brilliant goal. Like when I saw when I saw it for the first time, I was like, "Wow!" Like that was a really brilliant play from really brilliant individual play from two very good players. So Atenea and Toletti are the two players that are heavily involved in uh, in creating all of this. First of all, so Athenea plays, uh, Athenea receives the ball, picks, picks the ball up on the left, cuts slightly inside, plays the ball for Toletti. Now, what Toletti does here is really, really nice because she is under pressure from like two players. She has two, three players surrounding her when she's receiving the ball. She takes a heavy touch, pushes the ball into the space in the box and runs to get there first and that is what makes the difference because that heavy touch not only just gets her into the box but also now she's in a dangerous area where they cannot attempt to foul her or they cannot bring her down she takes that heavy touch takes the ball to the byline plays a very nice cutback Esther as as we have discussed before her movements inside the box are really good again here she manages to separate herself from her marker create that sort of space first time shot into the uh, into the corner and that's 
Real Madrid 2, Real Sociedad nil. And before I hand it over to you, I'll quickly, uh, quickly like to like go ahead and discuss the third goal as well because it happens in 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 these last 15 minutes and it's it's a it's sort of an a theme that I, we have for we have foreshadowed in this pod so far so after that goal we see further problems for uh, real sociedad further problems continue to surface real sociedad start to struggle to cope with our pressure so as we mentioned like the way we are always set up whenever we are playing a 4-2-3-1 against the ball is we go into a 4-4-2 with Weir and Esther as a front two and this really disrupted or this really worked well to neutralize what Real Sociedad were trying to do in their build up so the way Real Sociedad try to work the ball up is they have two good ball playing center backs right they have uh, Vanegas and they have Tejada who are good on the ball like if you look at the numbers uh, as well they both rank very highly in terms of the progressive passes they attempt in terms of the final third passes these guys uh, attempt and in terms of the uh, actual sequences that these players initiate from their defensive third and that end up in the in the final third as well so these two players are uh, have heavy in involvement in in real sociedad's possession play and they are vital in real sociedad going through the build up and the progression phases so when we pressed with the front two of where and esther who would uh, take up these two players and then toletti would do this really good job of marking the midfielder because Real Sociedad were trying to build up in a 2 plus 1 structure where the two centre-backs are aided by one of the defensive midfielders uh, appearing just in front of them to receive the ball or showing up to receive the ball. Toleti would mark that or whenever the ball went to one side, Weir would be marking the midfield option and Esther would make a curved run to half the pitch and then we will force them towards one side and aggressively close them down. A pretty similar structure to what they were trying to do on our goal kicks but it worked really well and with the two goal trail the two goal lead that we had they were in a desperate uh, they were they made desperate attempts to get out of that press to reach the final third as quickly as possible and that only led to mistakes so what happened was in in the 39th minute the reason i mentioned that goal kick uh, setup from real sociedad is because it comes becomes important here the same setup the same sort of setup results in a turnover and real sociedad have a good chance in the 39th minute they managed to get the ball across in the box uh, nothing major comes of it but they were able to get a box entry in in that situation Immediately after that, we we engage them in our press. Nerea drops out to even the numbers out to help uh, help out the build up. She picks the ball up. Esther is on one of the centre backs trying to make the curved run, trying to have the pitch. Weir has picked up 
the midfielder that was showing up for to receive the ball in their 2 plus 1 build up scheme now nerea has an easy option to just go back to go to the keeper and or to the other center back but she the weight on her pass isn't well uh, isn't right atenea on the left hand side reads it really well intercepts it makes the run now the defense is disorganized makes the run takes the shot the shot is almost saved but it hits the goalkeeper and still manages to roll into the goal goalkeeper had to come out to close down uh, the space that was on the offer behind the back line and the goalkeeper so that's that is what i meant by them crumbling after going 2-0 down they were making simple mistakes in in possession that could have been avoided easily because when nerea dropped in to play that to receive the ball and to play the pass there wasn't significant pressure on nerea herself she could she had the time to carry the ball laterally a bit and find the space and hit the ball well she did not atenea picked it up read the play very well picked the ball up and that's real madrid 3 and real sociedad nil now i've been speaking for a very long time and i'll let i'll hand it over to you kanita to take your thoughts on what happened from the 28th minute mark or like from from the point of our first goal to the end of the first half how things unraveled for real sociedad what did you think were the reasons for it what did you make of our pressing scheme and anything else that you have in your notes now is the time to add them about the first half well first uh this you know time between the two goals between the first and second goal uh i th- <laughs> i think you um described it uh well pretty much everything there uh it it's just i mean it was obvious that they uh couldn't really try any long passes uh you know and uh, trying to get uh get them you know to to their front line because well our defense was too quick to react um i'm not i'm not saying like that's a bad thing that's a great thing that <laughs> our defense was very quick to react uh i also noticed like whenever uh, lete would uh do a long pass as well not, like not just from goal kicks i mean from when uh she would just uh kick it out um it's usually not gonna well it's never got to their front line because uh it's Rocio or Kathleen who would be there to you know had it uh it's not really a problem for them anyway and yeah i noticed you you said like they pretty much pushed us to the side and like didn't really let us uh, we didn't have a lot of chances like between the two goals um we had like a couple and they had one as well like nerea took a long shot wasn't dangerous enough or anything to note <laughs> uh but uh, yeah just there was an action um in 22nd minute that um actually explained that you know um sending us to the sidelines and because we had a throw in then and i th- i think that they realized that um they have to act quick on the sides so it was a 
It was in front and on our right side, and it was a combination between Esther. Uh, well, first Kenti, uh, then it was to Esther, and between uh, Fela and Esther again. So it was between those three, and they got it out of out out of there. So they were um, passing to each other near the line and going um, like step by step uh, more in the front until that. Esther finally like opened up and thought, okay, let's make a full pass, try to make a full pass uh, to, you know, to the wing, but like more inside of the box uh, to try to uh, make Fela take it, but uh, it was too fast because Fela was a bit behind Esther, she wasn't able to get it. Uh, but yeah, I think that's when they uh, realized that they would be stuck unless they act fast on the sidelines. And, okay, so the second goal, um, I noticed something because uh, when you said uh, when Esther got, when you said Esther escaped from her marker, <laughs> well, I think um, Tejada was actually marking her. It was a, it was a throw-in for us. Olga, I think, took it, uh, gave it to uh, Atenea. And... So while Atenea was doing her thing, you know, um, she, she was just brilliant there, she received it and she kind of took a turn and um, went through two of them and to make this like a um, back heel <laughs> pass to Toletti. So I, I saw that Tejada was in charge of marking Esther while Atenea had the ball. Uh, but the thing is that both Toletti and Esther were um, inside the box. They were really um, close to each other. And when when Atenea released the ball, um, Esther and Toletti switched sides. Uh, and Toletti went to the side and Esther went to the center. So Tejada left Esther unmarked and went for Toletti. Uh, Toletti, I mean, obviously won there. <laughs> she, uh, Tejada didn't do anything. So yeah, pretty much left the step open there and she finished it off um, the way she can do it very well. And yeah. Uh, so they got a little bit lost in all that action. <laughs> uh, but again, this is one of the perks for um, with scoring a goal in just a few passes, like that was from a throw-in to two passes, and it's a goal. So uh, I mentioned it a few times that uh, these are most effective ones, um, and we usually get the opponent to get lost when we do that, um, uh, such as here with the, you know, Tejada. Tejada marking instead and suddenly not <laughs> marking her. And then, um, well, between those two goals, <laughs> there was there was this one action in thirty eighth minute, one minute before the third goal. Uh, so it it's funny, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> so Atenea comes to uh, kind of help our defense because uh, Sociedad was pressing them on our left side, like they were trying to get it out of the corner, like they were in like a five to seven meter radius from the right corner, uh, left corner, sorry. And um, 
So Atenea came running in, um, they passed it to her, and I think Legili, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry if I pronounced it wrong, uh, anyway, number 12 of Sociedad, um, she, she got up to Atenea and forced Atenea to go a little back to the box, to our box, and she pushed, Legili pushed the ball to Nerea on the side. Uh, so Athena lost the ball there, and then uh, put that uh, side pass into the um, box, and almost Amayur got it. Luckily, uh, Misa caught it in time. She um, uh, she jumped to the ground and took it, so uh, no danger there. But uh, <laughs> it was funny because you could see Misa scolding Athena there. <laughs> you know, she lost the ball and everything. It could have been very bad. But yeah, less than a minute later, um, Atenea gets this goal, which is an interception, and it's an interception from Nerea because Nerea was trying to do this like a pass to the other side. Uh, I don't know; the trajectory was weird. It was between Tejada and Legui. It was I, I, I'm not I'm not sure. I think that was intended for Legili, but um, it was closer to Tejada, so she tried to uh, get it. Uh, but you know, Atenea was much closer to the ball. She intercepted it and uh, won it like uh, one one versus one on Latte pretty uh, easily and three <laughs> nil. Uh, so pretty cool. <laughs> um, it's also. Uh, Though in this celebration, it was also funny to note. <laughs> you can see in the close-up, uh, Kenti talking with Atenea, like sort of like, oh, okay, yeah, you messed up, like community, you know, I, I was about to scold you, like that 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 looked very uh funny. You can replay it, but yeah, I mean, one second Misa was scolding Atenea and uh, Kenti was about to scold her, then she scored, so. Pretty poetic, if you ask me, and um, pretty pretty typical of this team. So yeah, I think we can move forward. Okay, so like I mentioned, like things unraveled in in a lot of ways for uh, Real Sociedad, and as 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 you can see, the sloppiness and everything was starting to like have direct effects on the scoreline now, and three nil up before half time. It started to look like we were making a mockery of a team that we expected a good game from, that we expected a good challenge from. But yeah, then something interesting uh, happens in the 41st and 42nd minute because when I was watching it, I was like, uh, I, for for a minute there, I was I was really confused, <laughs> but, uh, because I thought I was uh, rewatching the same footage again as if the game had rewinded. It was. A big deja vu moment for for me there. Like in the forty first minute, Feller picks the ball up on the right, takes on a player, drives into the box, plays the ball across. Atenea, uh, sorry, it's Esther who takes the shot, uh, and it's it it goes into the hand of the hands of the goalkeeper. Forty second minute, same move, exactly the same move. Feller picks the ball up on the right. Takes on the player, gets into the box, plays the same ball. It's the same movements from Esther as well to just create that sort of space. This time the shot goes over. 
but you could see how easy it was for us to be able to undo uh, real sociedad because it didn't take much it really did not take much because it was just passed to the wide player they would take it was so easy for us to find spaces it's just it's just i don't know like it it was very disappointing for me to watch real sociedad like that but it is what it is in the 43rd minute toletti gets involved again plays a cutback for atenea her shot gets blocked from from the right hand side i think it's it's this time then in the 45th minute uh, we have a break we have atenea receiving the ball turning away turning uh, away into the uh, into the space and we have a very good break uh, there's support from wear as well and she has a lot of space uh, on offer as well and atenea plays the ball across for her but the ball is miss hit it, it doesn't have the right weight and that is how like nothing comes off of it but yeah we end the half in in on a very high note we end the half completely dominant three three goals up and it looks like we we are going to cruise through this game in in the second half as well so yeah i mean it's it, it felt very i don't know like i was pretty happy as well because obviously we are winning i i i like that for my team but at the same time i was a bit disappointed i mean i i expected more from real sociedad i expected more from some of the players because i i know these players i know their level i know how good they can be and i know natalia royo is a very sound manager so it was a bit disappointing to see their scheme completely unravel in in the first half the mistakes start to creep in in the first 40 minutes of the game it was a poor performance so yeah i mean i'm not complaining they can have as many poor performances as they want <laughs> if it's against us i would uh, hope them to have bad performances i don't care so do you have anything else to add kanita in the first half or should we move on to the second half well i just want to comment on this last part you said uh because i did say that i follow them as well um I I mean yeah I mean, well everyone knows that this like what they're doing this season is completely unrecognizable from last season I don't know what happened um but I mean besides besides the point I think that even uh, before like even last season when they were performing uh, so well uh they they were always famous for even when they perform well they would when they concede they would concede from giveaways very often um like they made make a very stupid mistake in um defense and uh give away just you know here you go a goal um i mean yeah sure the first the first the first goal was i mean brilliant free kick and uh, but you know it was a foul so i'll say in, in indirectly giving away um uh, because you know um they had to know that we are is too good you know <laughs> but the third, the third goal is the catastrophe i'm talking about the third goal here i mean they tend to do that a lot they uh they did it last season as well um despite uh despite how they play you know if they are having a good um or brilliant or just very poor performance 
it's very likely they'll give away at least one goal and they did it here so um but yeah <laughs> it's not it's not like oh i'm i'm crushed to see you know sociedad playing like this against us because obviously uh you know uh i love when my team wins when real madrid wins so uh, i'm not complaining them but usually when i'm watching them play uh, poorly like this against anyone else then i'm pissed so yeah um i'm this is it <laughs> just this little comment and yeah we can move on to the second half yeah all right so we have a real sociedad fan on the pod as well um two personalities one one supporting real madrid the other one supporting real sociedad <laughs> so yeah we have a pers- different perspective on the pod as well guys See, this is how committed we are to bringing good content for you. Uh, anyway, let's get into the second half. Uh, so second half begins with a series of changes for Real Sociedad. They make three changes because obviously the first half was really bad and Natalia Arroyo identifies that the, there needs to be changes. They do make that. They, that results in formation change as well and we'll get into that. We make one change as well. Feller comes off for Maite. Now the reason for this in my head was we wanted to get more control. We wanted to have a better structure in possession. We wanted to keep the ball better. We wanted to create more with the ball. And it was just that we don't, we didn't need that much of a direct in behind threat now with three goal cushion on, on our hands. So Maite comes in and Let's let's talk about Real Sociedad's formation change here because they lined up in a 4-3-3 to begin with. Their pressing scheme was a sort of 4-3-1-2 when they were doing that. In the second half, they switched to a 4-2-3-1 and off the ball, it was a 4-4-2. So they were trying to mirror what we were doing. They brought on Francie as well, who would serve, who could serve as a as a sort of a target player up front. So they they made changes. They made changes to the way they were approaching this game, and it worked to some uh, to some level. It worked to a level where uh, they were able to have a good spell in the second half. And we'll get into that. We'll get into like how Maite impacted the game because Maite had a very good game. I I think she had a pretty decent game. Uh, after coming on her impact was obviously as clear as it's always been whenever she's on the pitch but before we get into that uh kanita do you have anything on the on the substitutions what did you make of maite coming in and what did you make of obviously like we have discussed real Sociedad uh, that were bad uh what did you make of their changes and uh any other thoughts or you could lead us into the start of the second half for the first 10-15 minutes. What did you make of all of it? Uh, well, yeah, about the subs. Um, I don't know. I don't really have much to say. I mean, about our sub, uh, I guess. I guess Fela was out because she what she didn't really um make um. You know, direct impact into the game, even though uh, you know, a lot of things could have been seen from her play um but yeah sure okay um to be honest it was a bit odd that uh Maite was in instead uh but it's when I think about it it's either that uh like 
when you're subbing off Fella in this game, like it's either for Maite or another another thing would be like um maybe bring on Sveve and then make Atenea switch sides and you know Olga and Sveve on the left flank and you know that that whole match but sure uh Maite in for Fella sure wasn't really complaining uh, a bit odd at the time but yeah um I mean yeah that's <laughs> with those free subs um Real Sociedad were in the mud. Uh, I mean, they made three halftime subs and one more subs that they were made to make in the first half um, because Bernabe got um, injured in, in like around 12, 12 minutes. So yeah, that's a huge blow for them. And then having to do this like triple train with halftime, like the, it it called for a huge change, you know, because obviously they were three nil down and they were still trying to make something out of the game. And Arroyo was determined to um, to change the game around. Um, so yeah, I mean, leading into the game, to the first, so there's there, there's not much happening in the like first five minutes that I noted really. Um, there's something like Atenea trying to. Um, to do something similar she did in Esther's goal um before passing it to <laughs> before passing it to um Taletti but this time she was like trying um her turns and trying to get through the players inside the box uh but this time she didn't uh, manage it and then 49th minute um yeah, so, well, I mentioned Amayur in the beginning of the game, and I really didn't mm, notice her uh, for a long time since I mentioned her. So the, the last time I mentioned her was around like 10th minute or something. And in 49th minute, uh, Amayur got the ball, she was on the left, and uh, this time she won uh, the duel against Kenti. So she was up against Kenti uh on the goal line like she was going through and trying to um and then trying to make a through pass but i think that uh ultimately she made a shot and it was um saved easily and i think uh came out of it but uh i think this is the first time that she actually beat our defense so uh and it came right when she was entering right from the side like through the goal line uh, so that's how um, I think that was the only way to uh, get past them. Um, and two minutes later, in fifty first minute, well, I mean this is kind of a d debatable, uh, but sure. Uh, so Esther and Weir are um, in attack. They're running into the box. Esther has the ball, and I think there's like uh, so there's Lete, the goalkeeper, and two more defenders. I think there uh running trying to outrun them they were just behind but Esther was with the ball uh like kind of to the like no in the center going a bit to the left uh to the left post and Lete was focusing on Esther uh however Esther passed it to Weir on the right post 
and at that moment there was a, a defender making a slight tackle and but we are we are completely missed like it the i'd say it's debatable because uh it was kind of how they were running and in this run it you know it might have not been a tap-in as the commentator mentioned oh this is a sure tap-in for caroline weir because i don't know it was kind of uh hard in this run uh, she didn't. She didn't hit the sliding defender either because if she, um, if she got the ball um, well enough, if she re- received it, if she had, she had been able to do it in that run, uh, she would have at least hit the defender because uh, defender was acting like as a fence on the ground between Weir and the goal. Like that was the um, last, you know. <laughs> Uh, st- stepping stool from the goal, but she she didn't even hit the side net. She completely uh, missed the missed everything. Uh, she just didn't receive it. Uh, it wasn't really as easy of a tap in as it was um, commented on. But yeah, uh, is it a mistake? Yes, but I don't think it was um, easy enough. <laughs> um. So. Speaking of this, <laughs> four minutes later, uh, there's something that in Portuguese, don't ask me how I know this, but in Portuguese is called a bola punha. It's like when the ball, uh, you know, um, punishes you. Four minutes later, um, Real Sociedad get a corner and Kathleen gives it away. Um, so it's a pretty stupid giveaway and you know Kathleen uh, Kathleen is a good defender she's a good center back I rate her well and everything but she has this uh, uh, moments where she does a mispass or um, a corner giveaway like like here so it's a corner and Nerea takes it and it's a it's a brilliant corner (laughs) because um, it lands right to the head of Manuela Vanegas, and it's a goal. So she has a 10, and it's 3 1. Rasta seems pumped, oh yeah, we scored. <laughs> you know, uh, let's go for more. They immediately run to the center. Uh, but uh, in that goal, it was interesting because, um, yeah, Vanegas wasn't, was kind of in the center of the box or uh, in front of the goal, and Like she was, um, so she she had like Rocio in front, uh, in front of the goal, and one more like line of players, you know, like Sociedad players being marked by Real Madrid players, and there was a player that uh, Kathleen was marking, but Rocio was trying to mark her as well for some reason. So I saw in the replay that Kathleen was pushing Rocio away from her, like telling her, oh, I got this, just go uh, mark, you know, a bit further away, because, you know, she, he, uh, she got that. And it, no one uh, no one really seemed to mark Vanegas, and she jumped, um, she did well in the jump, and scored. So, yeah. <laughs> um... I'll stop here, and this is like the first 10 minutes of the 
second half. So if you have anything to add on the on this Rausilat goal, I also uh, <laughs> I also saw a screenshot of a Rausilat fan um, like right before Nereal would take that um, corner, which is not weird for Nereal to uh, be precise. Uh, there was a funny uh, facial expression by Naikari. I just had to note. I'm sorry. It just uh, looked like she kind of knew. Uh, obviously, she didn't. But <laughs> it was funny uh, knowing what happened three seconds later. So, yeah. So, yeah. Thoughts on the goal and that weird miss. Was it easy enough? Or, I don't know. Whatever you thought of it. Okay. So, that was a pretty uh, nice way to summarize everything that happened in the first 15 minutes of the game sort of but i'm going to start this half by talking about something very very important which is maite came on in the 46th minute uh, at half time maite was the target of one of our goal kicks and maite won the header Brilliant flick on header for Esther. Esther doesn't manage to reach it. Esther's mistake. Brilliant work from Maite. She has slowly but steadily added aerial game <laughs> to her skill set. Great header. Brilliant link up play using her head. Wonderful player. One simply cannot miss that. I definitely cannot. So it was worth highlighting that as i do have it in my notes as well so yeah <laughs> pretty important point that you missed or that wasn't highlighted enough all right so moving forwards i mentioned the shape change from uh, real sociedad and everything and the big chance in in the before Real Sociedad do manage to score the big chance for where the thing is the reason it looks like the reason it looks like we are disappointed or the fans are disappointed or the team is disappointed with that miss is because it's weird because we are not accustomed to we're missing these sort of chances we are not accustomed to uh, a player of her caliber like missing those it, it was difficult obviously it was difficult for her to reach there and she did not completely manage to reach and you could see that she was disappointed as well it was a big chance obviously empty net great ball across goalkeeper completely beaten goal gaping in front of you and yeah i mean obviously you expect her to put that away but all right that's that's fine three goal cushions still intact not for long though because in the 55th minute, uh, they do get a goal. And to no one's surprise, the goal comes from a corner situation. Because obviously, we cannot defend a corner to save our lives. And the f the, the worst thing was like, it's, it's nice that you mentioned and added some context around that. But it also highlights something very, very detrimental to our season in, in a lot of ways. And to the way we play is there is this lack of clarity between and and not proper communication between the backline in terms of who is picking who in in a set piece situation and that is not nice that is not good that is not good at all so rocio getting beaten because uh 
there wasn't proper marking uh, there is i don't know doesn't sit right with me doesn't work well with me but yeah it is what it is that is what happened once again we conceded from a set piece situation i don't know at this point we just really don't know what to say so let's move forwards i think and from this point on it becomes a bit of a back and forth but we still managed to have a lot of control we still managed to uh be like we don't lose the sort of momentum of the game we don't lose the grip of the game completely but yes real sociedad look like they are in ascendancy they the formation change is working decently well for them uh nothing major uh, as such comes on and if you look at the uh, if you look at the stats for the game uh, on its own the possession is shared like we have 55% possession they have 45% so it's it's contested both teams had their fair share of the ball both it wasn't like we completely dominated them or they completely did uh, that to us and we played on transition nothing like that but moving forwards i think it's time to like focus on some individual aspects before we get into the fourth and the final goal one of the things that was really good uh, or something that really stood out was in the way we play with the 4231 the the reason it only works with it only works really well with uh where and ester as the as the front two or as the pairing is because when ester likes to drop where is the one making those runs in behind or occupying the back line when where does that we have ester as the as the target and the reason the target is important here is because you need a player that can have that sort of back to goal play and ester has improved really well and ester has that a bit she can hold off challenges she can carry the ball laterally with with her elusive movements to create the space for for us to buy us that time other players in the squad cannot offer that to that level they don't have the synergy whenever like ester goes off a lot of times we have observed that our press goes off as well because ester and weir understand each other they have developed that sort of synergy now where they understand uh, the movement of the other players and where they need to be in in relation to uh, how the team around her or how the components around her are moving so that is very important and ester's play with back to goal and with a player on the back of her uh, was really good in my opinion in this game she did really really well in that aspect moving forwards in the 63rd minute we score our fourth goal and again here it's ester's goal let's let me just describe how it comes from how it comes into uh, fruition atenea is played on the on the right by ester atenea plays a beautiful cross very well weighted just ahead of the uh, last defender cannot get there perfect curl on the ball drops perfectly for ester who makes no mistake and it's real madrid 4 real sociedad 1 but the thing to talk about before uh, in the build up to this goal is 
how esters dropping off disengages disengagement from the backline immediately completely disrupts the structure of the backline because ester shows up for the ball backline follows her it's disrupted because now if one of the center backs is following following ester into the midfield you want your far side full back and others to tuck in to cover for that space right and that is what happens and that leaves atenea in acres of space out on the wide and that is what she does this these movements where she is going towards the ball where she is trying to get on the ball isn't just because it's her tendency to do it yes she does a lot of it because she likes to get on the ball but a lot of times when she is disengaging from the back line this is what happens if she is able to drag one center back with her the entire back line has to readjust to compensate for that because there's that space gaping hole there where veer can attack if if they don't cover it so they move across and in moving across they leave one of our most threatening player wide players completely free with acres of space and when you give that much time and that much space for the players they are definitely going to cause you some problems so and that is what she did that was a brilliant cross like i i was applauding it when i saw it it was a brilliant cross very good cross from atenea and uh, esther made no mistake but esther's role in the whole creation of that goal was far bigger than just scoring the goal because when she played the pass she did not stop she immediately continued her run to present herself as an option uh, to receive that sort of cross so yeah very good play from esther there anything you have to add on the goal because beyond this the game becomes a lot about real madrid's uh, real madrid's ability to manage the game with the subs and how they became conservative and how they let real sociedad have a sort of spell uh, towards the end but yeah anything else you have to add about the goal or we can move forwards um yeah i just want to add one um one thing like what what happened before this action started uh so <laughs> we had a goal kick then and well most of our goal kicks um are pretty chaotic um so to say uh, very very chaotic um misa yeah, yeah i don't remember who it lands on but um somehow gets to uh Kenty on the right and she tries to make uh an aerial like she doesn't even get it to the ground on her foot she just tries to make a a long pass center but uh it got intercepted but then uh Sonosa got it there from um because it was a Rossidad player who got that uh Kenty's um pass um so Sonosa got it and gave it to Esther, who, well, this is interesting because this is a typical Esther move, which was very, very um, successful in this. So, um, three players surrounded Esther, and um, she makes a turn, you know, her usual turn, when she receives the ball, she usually makes this turn and uh, makes a little run, and usually tries to either go through uh, the players or um, 
well, what happened here was passed to the wing, uh, well, like passed wider, where, um, you know, w which ended well, <laughs> very well, uh, because Atenea was there and made the, uh, who received it and made that brilliant pass, which, um, well, I just don't know how to describe it any better. Just brilliant. I, I, I've never seen Atenea doing that. So well done. But um, one of those markers uh, that uh, was around the stair uh, was uh, Anna Echesareta, who uh, who went, who got up in instead of Tejada, and I just want to note here that in the first half. Um, Tejada was pretty much annihilated by, um, well, mostly, mostly by Atenea, mostly by Atenea, because, um, you know, that, um, second goal, uh, she got completely tricked by Atenea and tricked by both Esther and, um, Toletti by, you know, what I said about switching sides and forgetting to mark Esther and stuff. So, um, and then the sec the third goal, the Atenea's goal, the, she tried to get the ball from Nerea, but uh, didn't, manage, didn't manage to stop Atenea either. So, I mean, Tejada was pretty much annihilated in, in the first half, and then she got subbed off, and then Echisarata came on for her, and then she was annihilated by Esther in the second half. Now, this is not the only time, it happened a couple more times, but... Um, no, this was a pretty obvious thing because it ended up on the score sheet and everything. Um, she tried to, uh, she tried to outrun Esther, um, uh, or didn't, forgot to mark her as well when, um, Atenea was making that pass. Everyone else was behind Esther, so, uh, unmarked, she was completely unmarked again, which resulted very well for Esther and, like, the whole team. Um, so all of their, you know, hopes and dreams for ever getting uh, a draw, because they were really pumped, you know, I, after their goal, I saw at some point three of their players inside of our box when one of theirs tried to get a cross inside from the sidelines, like, three, uh, like one on the wing and three at the box, like a couple of times, and uh, they were really pumped to score more you know oh it's free one it's it might be possible but then you know this whole goal happened and completely ruined their hopes and dreams for any points in this game so yeah uh the the game did die down from this point on a bit but yeah we can just move on and uh, describe it a bit better yeah so from this point on, like I briefly touched that from this moment on, from when we scored our fourth goal, it became a lot about managing the game. And it's understandable. Four goals, you have scored four goals. Now you want to just see the game out. You don't want to waste energy. You want to manage the game. You want to just like set up in a way that doesn't allow the opposition much of a momentum in this in in this time. And that is what we did we <laughs> game management for uh, in terms of how Toril interprets it is all about putting more defensive players and seeing the game out so naturally in the 66th minute 
Freya comes on to replace Zornosa because yeah we need defensive uh, player on the pitch so Freya comes on Esther is taken off for Naikari Naikari gets to play a, against a former club and from that point on it just becomes it's it's a bit of a bit of a back and forth consistently and they don't really trouble us as much and like you mentioned which is right that the fourth goal did actually deflate them a bit but it is what it is uh, from the 66th minute mark nothing really significant happens on either end at least i don't have much in in terms of what happened in between those period because there was nothing majorly of of note after that we do get a couple of shots like naikari manages to get a shot off in the 72nd minute athenea has a shot in the 70 uh, 70th minute but nothing like really major comes off none of those chances are on target either so not really something where we are creating a lot or they are creating a lot in the 82nd minute we make another sub where tere and moler come on for toletti and athenea now this is a very good time to like talk about individual performances i feel because there's one important aspect that i'm going to get into after this and i am thinking about doing something on that but i think it's it's a, a good time to talk about something that is uh, that has been a very common theme and that has been a very important theme in the last two games for us which is the which is the return to form of sandy toletti and i feel that is a very underappreciated factor of how things have looked a bit more stable for us in possession how we have looked slightly better in possession and i think it will improve as as time goes on and she, and she spends a lot more time with uh, let's say tere and others as well that synergy once it once it develops it's going to be it's going to be really really uh, good and the reason i say this is for me toletti was one of the best players on the pitch uh, against real sociedad didn't get a goal didn't get uh, did get an assist but her impact went beyond that only caroline weir created more shot create had more creating uh, shot creating actions than uh, sandy toletti in the game no player made more progressive passes than sandy toletti no player made more final third passes than sandy toletti and she had the highest xa as well among all the players on the pitch and this this perfectly like sort of encapsulates sandy toletti because it's hard to capture what she does but in possession she offers a she shows up for the ball consistently b whenever she has played the pass she quickly moves into the next space she she understands that really well she is always there to support she runs up and down the pitch consistently without any like without getting tired she tireless uh, in in her venture there 
She provides great coverage. That is why we can get away with playing Zornosa as the deepest midfielder because Toletti is always there, mopping up, mopping up play. She is always there, supporting play. She is always there, evening out numbers. She is very good at after disrupting play. She is very good at carrying the ball into the space. Then all of these like shot creating actions and stuff, we can see. she has the ability to be impactful with the final action as well and that is what makes the difference uh, at the end if you ask me she won't be the one to like have a lot of assists she won't be the one to have a lot of goals like caroline weir does but that is not her role her role is to add stability her role is to add progression her role is to help us build a solid foundation for our front four to thrive in and not just that but the uniqueness about toletti is she identifies and times those runs into the box and identifies her opportunities really well so as as we saw on first uh, on the first goal by esther that first touch that ability to identify the space and time her run really well into the box is something that is a big part of her game that is what makes her so valuable for not just our team but also the national team where she can make those delayed runs into the box arrive in the box and you know just offer herself as a vertical option inside the box as well is is really valuable she is able to play and uh, she is able to play those high value passes as well as we have seen before she is able to help us move into the final third so yeah i mean i mentioned it in the previous pod as well uh, nobody has uh, noticed it then but yeah i think like toletti's uh, resurgence toletti's return to form is is a big factor and will be a big factor in us potentially winning a trophy this this season or not because you need players who will not just be there for you in in your attacking box in the 85th minute but will have the courage to run back and close down the opposition in inside your defensive penalty box in the 86th minute like that is the sort of player that she she, she doesn't get tired she'll run up and down the pitch for you for 90 minutes just to compensate and bring out parity in whatever phase of play the ball is in so yeah i mean personally a big fan of toletti and her return here is really uh, really really crucial for uh, what we can make of this season beyond like obvious talent that we have in in the squad she brings stability which is a very important factor moving forwards and i think it will be important factor in the coming seasons as well another thing that i really want to talk about and this is like very niche uh, it might not interest many people but it is something that has uh, that defines a lot of like eye capturing moments in the game and it is the biomechanics of how caroline weir receives the ball not just caroline weir but if you pay attention to how maite does it as well they have like sort of similar situation and i think that is a general overarching theme of these sort of uh tidy and very savvy very technically savvy players that we usually see what i'm talking about is how 
Caroline Weir receives the ball and not just receives it, but at the same time shields it while receiving. She takes this, she's able to like put her body in between the ball and the opposition really well every time she's receiving the ball and is under pressure. She is able to like use her hips to not just protect the ball, but then to maneuver into space, to turn away from the challenge into space. Obviously her game awareness and her spatial awareness is off the charts. She is able to identify the spaces around her really well before receiving. And when she does receive it, she she's very quick to like, she's very quick to understand what direction she needs to turn in. And that makes her very press resistant because she can hold off challenges not by the virtue of being physically very strong, but by the virtue of understanding how to put distance between herself, the opposition and the ball. So that's that's really important. And that is what Maite does as well. Maite isn't the most physically imposing player, but it's very difficult to take the ball off of her because she understands how to protect the ball really well. And despite like all the physical challenges, she's able to keep hold of the ball to turn away from the challenges to turn away from the pressure because she is able to like orient her body in such a way when receiving the ball that the incoming challenges if they do manage to get her get the best of her it's a foul if they do not then Maite is able to hold the ball and find the pass and that is that is always dangerous that is the same goes for Caroline Weir and yeah I mean these are these are very subtle things in the way they position their hip when receiving in the way they open up their body to before playing the pass. These are very, very, very subtle things. Most, most of the times these get noticed, uh, go unnoticed, but this is what makes the difference between a world-class player and a player who is good on the ball and has the technical ability because these little nuances, these little ways in the way they like whenever they are playing with the back to goal do they completely do they stand stiff on both legs b before receiving because if they do then it would be difficult for them to like turn forwards and face forwards immediately after receiving but no when you notice Caroline we are receiving the ball if she knows a player is on her back she will take a heavy touch to in front of her and buy her that space and then turn away and face forwards immediately if, if there is not immediate pressure, she would open up her hips facing forward so that she can take a touch into space forwards and then take things from there. So it's always about how you can quickly help uh, help uh, the position progress into the final third. And yeah, like I said, it's a very niche thing. It's a very nuanced thing that often is is ignored, but I think it's it's extremely important and it makes all the difference in the world to how these players are able to get those minute advantages at this level and that is what makes the difference at the end of the day so yeah beyond that like nothing really interesting happens uh in the 90th minute amayur gets a chance in the box with uh francie on the right francie on the right playing the ball across for her she gets it brings a like settles it and takes a shot but it's wide nothing comes off of it and that probably ends the talk about 
about this game pretty much one sided affair if you look at it even from the xg perspective real madrid managed to accumulate 2.3 xg compared to just 0.6 of real sociedad so in terms of that goal mouth sort of action real madrid did dominate this game and it we completely managed to outclass them very good performance solid performance and helps us secure that sort of second spot in the league which is very vital for the upcoming champions league uh, qualification rounds so yeah kanita do you have anything to add in the second half now is the time else we can look forward to and uh, wrap this up uh yes the short answer is yes i do want to add something uh because we did kind of brush uh over the last 23 minutes um um yeah i i'm the one who will will keep being very very annoying with this um but true and you know you'll learn to love me trust me <laughs> uh no i i want to talk about the subs uh so yeah you said that um the thrill's point of view is when you know you have a lead of like three four goals that oh you you have to manage the game by putting um, defensive players in and no, that's exactly what I knew was gonna happen with you know putting Freya in. I just knew that Freya was gonna get inside because I mean I, I think that I saw Freya uh, warming up since the beginning of the second half. We were already final up, and it wasn't it wouldn't be weird if, uh, if he got her in, um, you know, before the before Sociedad's goal, you know, uh, when we were. Still free nil up, but still. Um. So, yes, I will be a bit uh, annoying with this. I won't be long about it. Uh, but okay. So it is of course <laughs> about Naikari. She comes in as uh, together with Freya, and. You know, it's obvious that the game uh, died down a bit and that we are not going to be as offensive uh, as before, you know. Um, but, you know, she she's really pumped to do stuff, you know. Um, she, I, I, I saw it briefly, like, for half a second, she even high-fived the Sociedad player, you know. They, they know her, they know each other, it's fine. But she was, she was really pumped to show what she can there um not not many others though uh, it's like you said it was just about managing the game and it wasn't really oh let's um go up for another goal it was like there were a couple of uh, random <laughs> random chances as you mentioned um that one corner and it's i think 72nd minute and yeah, not, not really any chances by the team that were, you know, oh, you can call this a chance, you know. Just some random stuff you can uh, point out. But, you know, she she was, she was wanted to make a statement, and I think one of the great statements that I just want to mention is in the corners, defending the corners. Um, so, uh, Naikari was 
uh, Nekari was on the nearest post uh, in these two corners I'll mention. Uh, one at 68th minute and Amayur was being uh, marked by Olga in the box. It was a bit further from the nearest post, but you know, between the nearest post and the corner. So a bit further than the nearest post, Nekari was right there. And she was clearly, like Amayur is clearly being marked by Olga. It's all good, you know. She, Olga would handle it, right? But no, the it was a direct corner inside the box. It came it was coming directly to Amayur and Amayur was in front of Olga and Nekari just came running in from the post and um she was right on time. Uh if she had uh she had been late like a millisecond it could have been a penalty because Amayur fell and uh Nekari almost fell uh, uh, on her and everything. So yeah, and then in like seventy fourth minute, seven, yeah, seventy fourth minute, there's another corner from the other side, and it's uh, she's again on the nearest corner, uh, she nearest post, and Amayur is um, <laughs> Amayur is trying to get the ball that is going directly into the box, but nope, ah uh, ah uh, ah, uh, um, blocking Nekari blocked it in front of Amayur. I she, she didn't let Amayur get the ball. To me, it was a statement. I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> but uh, she was pumped to play against her old team. Uh, not many chances created by, and anyone to you know um, create any danger for her or that she created danger. But sure. So up until the eighty second minute, uh, she she was well pretty much the lone uh, lone striker and then on uh, 82nd minute uh, there was this sub uh, Teresa and Mila in for Atene and Spalletti uh, so when Mila was in uh, you know Mila got in instead of Atenea so she was a bit on the side you no know, kind of acting as a winger but again Mila is not a winger right um, so Naikari did have there another striker that was uh, going a bit wider. So up until that point, uh, up until Mila got in, Naikari was everywhere. Like uh, I said, no danger, but she was everywhere. She was in the midfield, helping with the throw-ins um, and getting the ball um, outside of the midfield and that those little corner actions and everything. Uh, but since Mila came on, she was kind of forced to uh, hold position because after thing that happened, like two minutes after Mila got in, uh, there was a throw in by Sociedad and Naikari um, like abandoned her position uh, to, well, to steal that throw in. <laughs> they were about to. Uh, they were about to put it inside, but um, so Mila was there at the uh, sidelines, and uh, I think Nekari and Mila collided there, kind of collided. So I think from that point on, they decided, okay, one will um, stay on the position by um, whatever happens. So it was Nekari who was there, and from that point on, nothing really happened with either of them. Um, I mean, the team wasn't in the mood either to do anything. It's just managing the game. There was one. Uh, there was only one interesting thing in the last ten minutes, and it was um, 
So Sidat getting a free kick in the 81st minute and when <laughs> from the free kick Misa caught the ball and Vanegas pushed Misa in the box and she got a yellow. Misa was pretty pissed about it. So that's the only fun thing that happened like in the last 10 minutes or so and that's Amayur. Um, like long shot that went over in the 91st minute that you mentioned. Like that, That's the only interesting thing that happened. But... Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I guess th my this whole comment is, um, you know, some players get in, subbed inside. Like four of them got subbed after four one and got excited to play, while the others were um, acting under. Yeah, let's uh, manage this game until the end and. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's a bit. It was a bit annoying. That's why you brushed it over the last twenty three minutes. But me being me and Naikari being subbed out in the uh, subbed in in those last twenty three minutes, I had to make this comment. So, yeah, I think this is it. What I have to say. So, yeah, let's finish it off. I mean, when I handed o handed it over to you, I knew you were going to add details about what Naikari. Uh, did on the pitch and uh, other stuff but yeah that is why that is why we love you on the pod because you bring in details that a lot of the people don't notice and that adds value to the discourse so thank you for that but yeah this brings us towards the end of the uh, end of this pod one more important thing is the draws for the Copa de la Reina are out and we are facing Villarreal and it's like we have mentioned like Barcelona have been disqualified from the tournament so it's a very realistic chance that we might be able to go all the way or we currently stand as one of the favorites and that is what Ivana uh, tried to say in, in one of her statements as well if I'm not wrong she was like we will go for it it can be difficult but we will go for it uh, this time and try to win the trophy which is like a very cliche like sort of statement but yeah so when that happens we hope we make a deep run in, in Copa de la Arena haven't had the best of lucks because we have been knocked out by uh, Madrid CFF before we have been knocked out by Athletic Club before so definitely like counting our blessings here because now we are a different team we have the difference makers we are in a good run of form the big teams are all out there's just a athletic club remaining and Atletico Madrid who seem like the real threat but again it's a knockout competition anything can happen let's see how it all pans out and I don't have anything else to add apart from that so until next time the next game is pretty soon again <laughs> there's no rest uh, absolutely because now after this there will be the international break uh, coming on uh, it, it's still a week away but yeah uh, there will be the international break and since this is a world cup year these international breaks will be very important in being a deci decisive factor for the final roster that comes out so yeah a lot a lot of football still to play for a lot of things still to happen 
a lot of things to look forward to and we will be there to break it down all for you and yeah thank you for listening ala madrid ala madrid